Hey, y'all. My name is Sam. And I'm Steven. And this is Crimeology. This is episode six. Already. Um, already. It feels, I almost said four because I forget what number we're on, but six is wild. Yeah, and this is, this would be the first one after, so we've been doing this for, this will be week, well, week six technically, but, um, but yeah, so we're just chugging along. Yeah, it's going really good. Um, so last week we had our first guest on, and so with that came a whole lot more, uh, listeners. So we want to say welcome to all of you that are now listening because Larsa was on and have followed our social medias. Um, just continue to listen. We, you know, Larsa's not going to be on every episode, unfortunately, but we will. So but if that's what the people want, we can might we see can and, make that and, happen. and see what, what we can <laughs> we do We can there. make it happen. Um, our views or listens have doubled in the net in the last two weeks. So if that's what Larsa brings to the table, then we've got to bring don't, her in more. I don't think we can pay her, but we, maybe we can in, like bribe her with right, food or something. Right. Food is always good. Um, but anyways, um, just a reminder to follow us on social media and make sure that if you have any crimes you're wanting us to do, you can email us at crimeologypod at gmail.com. Um, we have a bunch of listeners that listen on our app, but you guys aren't following us on social medias. <laughs> so you guys got to do that. Give us the numbers. I mean, numbers aren't everything, but they're nice. But to... it is for podcasting, so that definitely helps with right. numbers. And it's nice to see. <laughs> um, I went to a soccer game last week, and I had someone come up to me, and they said, I was just listening to your podcast. And so, like, I forget that this is, like, out in the world and that people really hear this um but it's super fun so speaking of you know people can hear this um <laughs> as as audio engineer whatever sam has dubbed my title right. as uh we're gonna make a quick apology for last week with lorsa we didn't have all our microphones in yet so that's why the audio quality was not as great as it has been in the past so but this week we both have our own microphones we are locked and loaded we're so ready let's let's get into episode let's six. get into it Last week here, we talked about a case that has started our Crimology podcast. This week, we're going to talk about a case that sticks with me personally. Um, I don't know why this case is a case that has, it, it reminds me of true crime all the time, but I, it's just the first case that I remember hearing about, and I think I was old enough at the time that this happened to kind of grasp what was going on i mean i was only seven years old so that's kind of i mean sometimes you think when i think now that i say that out loud that's kind of <laughs> scary huh. yeah that kind of really puts puts everyone to the mind of right of you so anyways just <laughs> passing by that um but this is the case about elizabeth smart now i'm excited about this case because steven has no idea about this I case literally sam handed me the notes about two minutes before we before we started the intro and i've looked at the first paragraph so i'm just going into this with as much blindness as probably are so this is like the listener. first case we've done that you haven't like also done kind of your own research on so i'm kind of excited about it um but anyways this case is about elizabeth smart Elizabeth was 14 years old when she was kidnapped from her family home in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, she was taken for about nine months. 
She was kidnapped by Brian David Mitchell and his wife, Wanda Barzi. So before we get into the details of the actual kidnapping, we're going to talk about Brian for a hot second because Brian's a character. Um, Brian believed he was a prophet named Emmanuel David Isaiah. He dressed in white linen robes, sandals, had a long beard, long hair. So basically exactly what you would think people dressed like back in Jesus times. So, and really that's the trifecta of, of Bible names right there too. Right. Also three first names at that. Ayo. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so, I mean, this dude's a character. So I just wanted to s- first start this episode off by saying this dude's crazy. So, I, I mean, it's no surprise that he kidnapped this girl. But anyways, he's just crazy. Um, so a little after midnight on June 5th, 2002, Elizabeth was awakened by hearing footsteps in her house and then having a cold metal object placed at her neck. And then a male voice that said, I have a knife to your neck. Don't make a sound. Get out of your bed. Come with me or I will kill you and your family. So, of course, like anybody would in this situation, she gets up and follows Brian. And then Brian ends up marching Elizabeth out of her home and into the forest behind her house to a camp where both him and his wife Wanda lived together. Now, What Brian and Elizabeth didn't know at this time is that Elizabeth's sister, Mary, they both shared a bed. So while all of this is going on, Mary was also awoken by the footsteps in the house. So she heard everything that happened. So again, I don't know. I should have looked out how younger Mary is to um, Elizabeth, but I... I would have done the same thing she does. She stays in her bed until she is for sure that this man has left the house before she gets up and goes to her parents. So Elizabeth is taken somewhere around midnight and uh, Mary gets out of her bed and goes to her parents' bed and police is called about 4 a.m. So that's, I mean, obviously that's kind of the logical, I'll call it that right. way, thing, kind of thing to do of... You wait, wait and make sure that everyone's gone or at least out of earshot. But the wild thing is that she waited like four hours. Right. I mean, I I mean, obviously, if she's younger, I mean, she's probably going to be more cautious than, than anything. But And I thought about this case last night specifically because I had I knew I that I had to wake up early to work out. I have a new kitten and the kitten was keeping me up at night. And so I was sitting in bed and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like midnight. Like this cat has kept me up for so long. And it was like 930. So like I can, in that moment, not that I was like, I'm like Mary, but like, I was like, I get where she's coming from. Like this young girl has no concept of time. And the fact that I didn't have any concept of time in the middle of the night. So like, I don't judge her any in any way oh no no absolutely but that's just one of those things of like that's crazy to think that four it was, hours that's that's four hours that you know maybe could have been an hour right and statistics say that um like if a kid is taken more than likely like a lot of times they're dead after what is it three four hours after they're kidnapped so like 
those couple of hours before you know after they're kidnapped are essential and so the fact that she's just laying in bed with all this information is just kind of something that you're like let's not that we need to teach our kids to hey get out of (laughs) bed immediately but anyways that's just it is wild four hours just to be sitting in bed with this knowledge of my sister was just taken well and and I don't know if you if you got into this or not, but did she actually know that it was the dad or? So she, we'll talk about that later. Oh, perfect. Huh? There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, See, this is this is me not knowing what's going on. Right. So you're you're on the right you're on the right track. Go ahead. When Elizabeth arrived to the campsite, she was brought into a tent where Wanda told her to undress out of her pajamas. And then she was given the same outfit that Brian wore, the right white linen robe. Um, and so now, and that's the same thing that Wanda was wearing, was they were all white linen outfits. So after she was dressed, she was left in the tent by herself. And then Brian comes in and he performs a wedding ceremony kind of thing and declared Elizabeth as his wife. Now some gory details. Um, he ended up after he married Elizabeth, quote, married Elizabeth, he did rape her. And later on when Elizabeth is, you know, she's found and she's doing interviews, she recalls that Brian would rape her every single day that she was kidnapped, sometimes even multiple times a day. So that's just another wild thing that I couldn't imagine this little girl having to go through for literally my nine months but um so she then after this ceremony is performed she is chained to a tree by a thick metal cable that is tied around her ankle so the whole time she's at the camp she's tied to this tree by her ankle alcohol and drugs were given to elizabeth often and very little food or water was given to her. When Brian would give her the alcohol and the drugs, he would say that his religion was, his religional beliefs, was that you had to do the evilest of things on earth. And so basically you had to do all of these things and hit rock bottom, essentially, in order to be made pure again. That's some... Very far out, strange, right. like that's some. I don't even know how to describe that, but that's just that's crazy. To College me. kids everywhere are now using that to their parents. Hey, I've got a religious belief where I have to do the evilest of things in order to be made pure again. So that's just what I'm doing, mom. That <laughs> it's is not a phase. That is not a recommendation. <laughs> no, we're it's not. N- <laughs> so let's just go ahead and clear that one up, Sam. <laughs> Golly. So three days after she's kidnapped, three days after she's kidnapped, there are people who are obviously starting to search the woods. She is literally right in her backyard. So within days, she people are going out to look. And she, Elizabeth says in an interview that one morning, she hears somebody who sounds exactly like her uncle calling for her and it turns out it was her uncle like and so but that's how close they were like is the fact that 
she heard her uncle screaming her name, looking for her. Um, but obviously at this point, Brian comes up to her, grabs her, and covers her, covers her mouth, saying that if she made a noise, he would kill whoever it was that was searching for her. Um, so she did stay quiet, and they just passed right by her and never found her. But that's just a part of this story that shows you, like, how close she was to her house. That, I mean, her uncle literally passed her at some point. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy that it was that, you know, three days into it that they were, you know, probably within, a, you know, 50 yeah. yards or, or yeah. even 100 yards of of her. But this dragged on for nine months. Yeah. That's crazy. You hear your family member and you're like, I'm saved. And then... Oh, but I'm not. Yeah. So Elizabeth remembers talking to Wanda about her cousin and her best friend at the time, Olivia. And she was just talking about memories that they had together. Um, I figured it was just, I mean, Wanda and Brian are your only people to talk to. So, and she's a kid. So, you know, she's probably just talking to talk and wanting to, I mean, obviously she's wanting to go back home. So you just talk about home. Um, but after this conversation, Brian went to Elizabeth and said that God told him that Olivia was going to be his next wife. So 49 days after kidnapping Elizabeth, Brian goes back into town with the plan to kidnap Olivia, except this time someone hears him trying to get into the house and they woke up. But Brian was able to run away and not get caught. Um, So when police were called to the house, police just kind of ruled this as just not. They said that it wasn't connected with Elizabeth's kidnapping. They just kind of said that sucks, you know, kind of. It was kind of an unrelated. Yes. But that's, you know. hmm. Yeah. Weird. So after this happened, obviously, Elizabeth decides the best thing would just be to stay quiet and comply with everything that Brian wanted. So and this ended up working out for Elizabeth because this after sometime after this, Brian makes the decision to take the cable off of Elizabeth's ankle. So this is when she starts to get a little bit of hope. Um, this may not seem like the biggest thing and she doesn't try to run off, but just in my head, if I were in the situation, he takes this off and you're like, okay, he trusts me a little bit. Let me work this to my advantage. And that's what Elizabeth does. And it ends up getting her found. So, I mean, she does have the smarts involved. So just this little thing means the world. So three days after this, Brian ends up taking both of the girls down the mountain into town to look for food and more liquor. So now is a good time to mention that when the group goes into town, Brian would make the women wear face coverings so that you could only see their eyes. So they they wore like a head wrap and I mean, we know what masks are now. Hello, 2020. But, like, it was only their eyes. So, white linen everywhere. Um, And so, while the group was out, they were welcomed into a random house party where photos were 
they were taken of the group, but no one questioned them or even knew that one of them was Elizabeth. So that's number one. I don't know anyone from Salt Lake City. That's a that's a welcome to Salt Lake City type of like a what this is really what goes on here just a right. random house hey yeah you guys want to come over to this yeah, come on in this random party and hang out with us yeah, right that's, so that's... i mean pictures are taken of elizabeth you could see elizabeth in this house party so like that was just another wild thing that i can only imagine for elizabeth is that you're in this house you're around humans that aren't brian or wanda but yet nobody recognizes you and you're still stuck. So. Yeah, that's kind of crazy that, I mean, like, I'm guessing that Brian was with them, like, you're, like, this close, like, you stay right, right here with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if he wasn't, I mean, you'd think that she'd, like, try right. and slip out somewhere. Right. Or, you know, anything like that. Right. So, with winter coming... The group decided to move to Florida, so another separate time, they're headed to the library to look at maps to pick where they wanted to set up their new camp. So they went down the mountain again, and they go into town. While at the library, somebody thought the girl looked like Elizabeth, so they called the police. When police arrived, they approached the group, and they asked Elizabeth directly to remove her veil so that they could rule out if she was Elizabeth or not. Brian ends up stepping forward and saying that she couldn't remove the veil because it was against their religion. And the police officer, I mean, Brian does enough convincing for this police officer that he just turns around and leaves and says, okay, you know, I mean, it's not that easy, but... That's crazy. Right. I think that ought to be one of our sharp points right there. That's crazy. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, the convincing that Brian can do. Yeah. He probably would have made a pretty good attorney. Uh, 100%. And I think that's what's the scariest part about these, these kinds of people is because you, I mean, the first person I think of is Ted Bundy is the fact that. You mean Zac Efron? Right. Oh, sorry. Wrong one. (laughs) Um, is that they're so good at manipulating people that that's the crazy part is that we could all have a serial killer in our lives that has manipulated us into thinking not it's Sam, everybody. Right? No, I'm not good at it, so it could not be me. But that's what's wild. So he tells this police officer, oh, it's just against our religion. Um, and the police officer just walks away. So, a month later, the group gets on a bus, and they head towards San Diego. So, while this is going on, back at home, Mary discovers, we're going back to what you said. Hey, looky there. That she knew exactly who the man was that took Elizabeth. So, Mary knew it was Emmanuel, but at this time in the case... There was another man who was being looked at as the possible subject suspect. So when Elizabeth's father went to police with a sketch of Brian, they rejected him so that they could focus on the suspect they had at the time. So they the family comes and says, yo, it's this person. But they're like, it's a kid, so do we 
listen to this kid. That's 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 really crazy. Yep, that's just my word this week. Um, <laughs> Put it on a shirt. Yep. Um, but man, I was just like, would you not even, you know, kind of at least chase? Not that give lead? it any thought, right? Why would you not chase that lead? Just even just a little. Like, okay, let's just <laughs> let's just see where that goes, right? And then maybe, you know, maybe it turns up, and maybe it doesn't, right? But, Brian was ended up Brian was hired by Elizabeth's father to do some work around the house. Um, so that's how Mary recognized him. The story on that is that Elizabeth and her mom were around town and Wanda and Brian were kind of off to the side of the street. Um, I think probably begging or something. I don't remember details. And he was asking her, his mom, or Elizabeth's mom, for food and work. And I think she gave, maybe gave Brian her husband's phone number or kind of got with her husband. So that's how they got this work for them. Is And so that's how Mary recognized him. So now going back to camp, there was a week of time that Brian just left the girls at the campsite without water or without food. During this time, he had gone and got arrested for trying to break into a church. So apparently he isn't that charismatic or... Right. Or, you know, as well, much as I thought he was. Well. He gets arrested, but then, like, doesn't do anything. So I may talk about this later. He, when he comes back to the girls a week later, he says i fooled the court like he calls the judge stupid he's like i got out of it he's like i'm so smart like i'm so witty that i just got out of this crime because i'm a god wow (laughs) right (laughs) wow is all you can say right so after this happened brian talked about moving the group to the east coast so now you know moving from california to the east coast at this point elizabeth said in an interview that she knew that if they moved out to the east coast there was no way she would have any possibility of making it back home so this is when she gets crafty she starts she tells brian that she felt like they needed to go back to Utah. She, she, you know, then she starts saying, Brian, you just pray to God. You need to ask God. I, she's like, I'm not as good as you are. Like, I'm not as holy. I'm not as close to God as you are. I feel like we're supposed to go back to Utah, but I need you to ask God because you are so close to God. So Brian does this. And he's like, you know, actually, yeah, God's telling me that we need to go back to Utah. And so at this time again, Elizabeth suggests that they hitchhike back. Now, her plan with hitchhiking is she's thinking that if they hitchhike, there's a bigger possibility that somebody might recognize her versus if they were just to get on a bus and do transportation um you know hitchhiking you're you're interacting with more people so um that's her thought process behind this so back home 
the sketch of Brian is finally released. So this works out for Elizabeth, and it's just one of those cool moments in life where Elizabeth is over here in California, and she has this idea to hitchhike for the possibility that more people will recognize her. And then back home in Utah, at this same time, they released a sketch of Brian. So, like, her plan is working out flawlessly because now virtually everybody knows who Brian is. So, also at this time, his sketch gets released. He gets put on America's Most Wanted. And then members of Brian's family even come forward and they say, that's Brian. We'll do you one better. We'll give you recent pictures. So, not only just a sketch... Here's pictures of what Brian actually looks like right now. Yeah, because going on, you know, because for some of these crimes, we'll we'll go on, you know, top 10, on, right. on FBI top 10. And there's some of those pictures, like, you know, they've, you know, it looks like they're from, you know, like the 80s. Right. Like, this is the last picture we have. Yeah. So, you know, here's a, you know, here's the digitally enhanced age sketch that. Here's yeah, a sketch this, that he might look like. Right. But, I mean, that's. That's pretty awesome in a way. Yeah. For them to, oh yeah, this is you know this is the most recent picture we have. Yep. So it is awesome for Elizabeth. So on March thirteenth, two thousand and three, the group enters a Walmart in Sandy, Utah, that's just south of Salt Lake. Now, Elizabeth talks about walking into the Walmart. Um, I've even looked at my walmart here in town and i don't think i but do you remember like i remember it specifically in walmart's like how they had missing kids posters as soon as you walked in the doors of walmart in that little it's i don't know yeah it's kind of in the intro i think the one in in tahlequah town over from us i think they actually have that on one side it's i don't think it's actually on both sides but i think it is on one side but Walmart's now look a whole lot different than they right than they right. Used to. But yeah, I do remember that. So she remembers stopping and looking at these posters, and she doesn't see her picture. So in this moment, you know, she's done all of this work to make it back to Utah and make it back so close to home, and then she gets there and she doesn't even see a a, a poster of her. So she does get kind of like, what the heck, you know, like. Are they even looking? Yeah, that's kind of that's one of those. Uh, your heart sinks even below your stomach. Right. I, I have a feeling for her at least of the like, that's like. I did all. I uh, just I did all of this. Oh no. Yeah, and they're not even looking for me. But um, while in the Walmart, someone recognized Brian from the pictures that the family provided, and police ended up showing up to Walmart. And then they asked Elizabeth who she was. She doesn't say anything, which I think is a whole nether wild part of this story is there are, like you mentioned at the party, there are so many opportunities that Elizabeth could escape. She could open up her mouth and say something to somebody in public, but she doesn't. But I mean, you're a little kid, so I don't, I mean, she's not a little kid. But she's a kid, so I don't blame her. But that's just another wild part of this story. Well, and and also to me, that's kind of in the mindset of like, like she's been, 
not necessarily brainwashed, but like conditioned. Right. Of like, okay, you don't answer questions. Mm-hmm. Brian's going to say everything, this and that. If you don't, I'll kill your family. Right. right. So, yeah. Um, so she doesn't say anything to police. So police end up taking her back to the station and they call her father. And then her father drives to the station. And when he arrives, he walks into the same room that Elizabeth's in. And he, you know, basically says, are you Elizabeth? And she says, hi, dad. And that's how she's identified. So obviously very emotional. That just even just you just reading that line. That's chicken skin moment right Right? there. Yeah. That's just a cow, especially not, I mean, nine months. I mean, I know we'll, in, you know, further episodes, we'll talk about people who've been gone for way longer but right still i mean nine months and then you just hear She's that just there right Boom. that's yeah. right so when elizabeth is asked how she got through this time after her kidnapping she said that something that helped her mother was that her mother would tell her that the best way to get back at brian would be just to be happy which pushed her to not dwell on those nine months she was gone. So when she was found, um, she didn't, I mean, obviously, you know, she's a kid. So, I mean, I think that's also why she didn't do a whole lot of interviews. And I think this is why this story has stuck with me so much is because like this story was more popular when I was older. So I was able to comprehend stuff. Um, and that's when she did interviews and things like that. But I mean, the fact that her mom says, just be happy. Like that's the best way to get back at him. And so I think that's why I remember this story so much, but that's a good piece of advice from your mom, from her mom. Right. Just be happy. Right. Now that Elizabeth is back and she's back home, let's talk about what happened to Wanda and Brian. So Wanda pled guilty and was sentenced to 15 years in state and federal federal prison, and she was end up released in September of 2018. Brian's case, on the other hand, took almost eight years to go to court. So this is the just this is what baffles me about the justice system here in the United go States. Go on your soapbox. I'm I'm gonna get on my on a very very small soapbox, but we're just gonna go with this. So, you know, someone who commits you know, murder who's clearly, you know, there's evidence against them. Right. You know, they'll get thrown in jail in a couple of months. Right. Right. But something like this where clearly everything is there. Number one, the girl that he kidnapped is still alive. And telling you. And telling you everything that has happened for the last, right? you know, probably year. And Th- you take so long. And it takes eight years to just go to court. I mean, I can understand if it went to court. Right. You know, within a year or right. so. But. Well, maybe I should stop you on your soapbox because it does. But this is when. Brian, I mean, it goes back to Brian is just a great manipulator. So it does end up going. I, I, I guess I should say it took eight years for him to be charged. Okay. Um, okay. for him okay. to for it to go to a case that f- follows through to a charge. So he does end up going to court, but Brian is so 
good at what he does that so many different times he is the charges are dropped or we have a part where the jury is hung where they're like we don't really know he's trying to plead insanity is what's going on i mean really he is right but yeah so like i said in the beginning of the story when brian was gone for that week and just left the girls up in the mountain when he came back he told them he made the judge feel bad for him and that's how he got out of the crime so if he could get i mean it's breaking into a church versus kidnapping so two different charges two very different charges but i mean that's i get his mindset going into this is i've done it before let me do it again so round two trying to talk my way out of it yeah so this time around he did things different as soon as he goes to court they request that brian takes a competency evaluation where he comes back as delusional shocker so this is what he runs with so he starts just acting crazy in court he starts screaming at the judges saying and this is a quote forsake those robes and kneel in the dust just random things kind of out of nowhere and you know when someone asks him a question his response is forsake those ropes and kneel in the dust and they're like yeah okay um it just starts randomly bursting out singing different hymns so he's definitely taking this insanity title and running oh, he's it 100 percent. he has taken this this little sliver and just made it a whole pie right so case by case is being dismissed for different reasons because of what Brian is doing and because he is so good at what he's doing. Um, but finally, a trial begins in November 8th, 2010, where the defense is pushing that he be found not guilty by reason of insanity. But on December 11th of the same year, a jury found Brian guilty of kidnapping and transporting a minor across state lines with intent to engage in sexual activity. And he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So I should have said that it took eight years for him to be charged. Okay, um, well, I'll... I'll... At least it was just a small soapbox that I got on right. on this one. At least it wasn't a normal sized one. But right. hey, I mean, still, that's just. I mean, I mean, he knew I he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I don't want to say props to him, but you know, in a way, like exactly what you have said. Of he knew what he was doing, and he knew and he was good how to do it. He was good at what he was doing because obviously, I mean, it almost worked. Goodness, um, so yeah, I mean, Wanda is out now and she's out and about um he won't ever be out and about good um right <laughs> but yeah so that's the elizabeth smart case so now we're going to take a moment to break to talk about our sponsor for this episode all right now we are going to go into our favorite segment of the episode uh this is our florida man minute this is where we Google a random date along with the words Florida man and just talk about the case that comes up. Oh, Sam, do I have one for you this <laughs> week? 
It's going to be shorter, but the insanity is just as much as the golf course chase. I love it. The alligator throwing into the Wendy's drive-thru. So, you know, Sam, I always like to ask you a question. Love it. You can kind of see my monitor right now, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. Do you like breakfast? Love breakfast. What's your favorite breakfast food? It's a good question. Probably, I mean, you know, a pancake or a waffle. Wow. How? It's it's like you can see my screen. <laughs> so our uh, our story comes uh, to us from Brooksville, Florida, uh, back in March uh, of 2019. Um, so a 45-year-old Florida man is accused of throwing a bowl of pancake batter at a woman who was making dinner. Now, I'm going to go ahead and note this. This woman that he threw this pancake batter at, not even his wife. <laughs> okay. So and the, so the arrest report says Dwayne Zimmerman was drunk on Friday night when he went onto a porch of a home where the woman was making pancakes. The, so the, the woman told the Hernando County Sheriff's deputies that Zimmerman insulted her and then threw a cooking pan before picking up a bowl of batter and tossing it at her. The bowl, luckily missed the woman but was thrown with enough force to break it wow so i'm guessing it was a you know maybe a glass pot right. or something like that um so <laughs> deputy said the woman had pancake batter in her hair and on her clothes um zimmerman was arrested on a felony battery charge um so yeah that that's a good one yeah i thought you know we'll keep it food related for <laughs> Another week. Love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a little bit shorter this week, you know, since we're we are running a little long on this episode, right. which hopefully you don't mind. <laughs> but um but yeah, that's, that's the Florida a good man one. minute for this week. Good one. So watch out when you're making pancakes next time. Check your porches. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> it was it was something. <laughs> um so that's episode six. So again, thank you to all of our new listeners, all of our new followers. Um, if you're listening and you've made it to episode six and you're not following us on social medias, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, we're on everything at Crimology Pod, so make sure you follow us. And everything is not a new app, by the way. No, sorry. That is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and if you have any crime suggestions, you can email us at crimeologypod at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, episode six, I'm, we've super excited. We've got, I mean, honestly, from here on out, we've got the next four or five episodes already planned out. We know what we're going to talk about. And we are excited about that. That's how Very. excited we are is that we have four to five weeks in advance already that we know exactly what we're going to talk about. This is so much fun and I'm having so much fun and I love going to a soccer game and having somebody say, I was just listening to you in my car. It just makes you feel all <laughs> good. Yeah. And so that's, that's also, once again, that's a crazy thing. Um, yeah. Like we're being heard around right. the United States and keep sharing us too. That also helps, you know, if you like us, you know, share it with your friends, yes. especially, you know, the ones that are like us who were <laughs> crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to go there, but, <laughs> but yeah, as you can tell, we're having a lot of fun with this, especially since we've rambled on for almost 40 minutes on this episode. The Sorry longest episode that. to date. Hey, oh, so, um, but yeah, so we're looking forward to 
the remainder, not the remainder, but the next couple episodes and going from there. Also, I will actually, Anchor has this cool little thing, thanks to that little sponsor plug, um, where you can actually send in voice messages. Um, so if you'd like to even be featured on the podcast without even having to join us, uh, we'll drop that link in the episode description. And so you can click on that and drop us Hey-o. a little thing. Like always, my name is Sam. And I'm Steven. And this is Crimeology. Thank you.